Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am pleased to be with you this afternoon. Where we've got a wonderfully cool fall day falls upon us, and we are mm-hmm. going to continue podcasting, getting together twice a week to share what we've been chewing on with you, our friends, our family, our dear listener, our brother and sister in Christ, whoever you are. This week we've got Jarrell Carper. <laughs> Welcome, Jarrell. Uh, I never know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I know that usually there's some last sort time of... you called the listener in your pocket because of their phone. I did, and I just kind of this picture of you being in someone's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> People have described. I'm me reading through I... Stuart Little with Logan before bed right now. Are you? In some ways, it's a very silly, strange story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple of good lines. I do think Stuart is an Enneagram one. Okay. Uh, well, that's good to know. And I could evidence that. But <laughs> anyways, he's like a little person, but he's a kind of a mouse and everyone just accepts it. So he could fit in your pocket just like you, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, speaking about men's retreat and pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, so very long ago. Yes. Certainly not two and a half minutes ago. Not. We recorded an episode <laughs> covering the second of three of the sermons that you gave during our men's retreat. It was a, it was a wonderfully brief, but sufficient 24 hours together out in the woods, fog rolling over the hills. We gathered three times to hear the word, talked about it with each other, built relationship. Great, great, great. Loved it. But the saga is incomplete until now. Yes. Give us the number three. Yeah. Well, number three is on hospitality hospitality baby (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna make a joke about you not winning any nine square i I couldn't tie it in that's why repeatedly yeah garrett did not no sorry video evidence garrett doesn't listen to this anyways uh we are in matthew 5 the beginning of the sermon on the mount um right after the beatitudes jesus has this little little dazzle about being the salt and the light um he's talking to his disciples so there's a lot of crowds there but Mm -hmm. he turns and he says to the disciples um and so this doesn't apply to everyone this applies to people who are following uh, the way of jesus do you also view this as like a fourth wall breaking moment like where he turns to the camera and he's like gather in (laughs) what they think i'm saying Like I don't know if your modern film language <laughs> translates to <laughs> Maybe Jesus. Maybe it doesn't. <laughs> Jesus was omnipresently saying, turn the camera. <laughs> I don't know. I can't handle this. Um, so he, he's talking about believers being a, a beneficial influence in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, however you kind of want to interpret that. And uh, so we're, t- we're talking about hospitality. And so Jesus starts talking about being the salt and the light. I'll just read it because okay. it's not nearly as long as the last one we did. Uh, <laughs> you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt lo- should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything, but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's no good. You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp, puts it under a basket. That wouldn't make any sense. Not a lick. No, unless you're also under the basket and it's like a fort. Uh, but oh. <laughs> rather on a lampstand, if you were Stuart Little, you could fit there. So <laughs> <laughs> and it gives light 
for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Great. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. You probably know this. You probably have it memorized. Um, but are you when I, good when I think it? of salt, I think of playing the Oregon Trail yes. video game and you go out and shoot a bunch of meat. And you're like, you killed 742 pounds of meat. You can keep 42 pounds. <laughs> and then you're like, you can only keep 26 pounds because you need to salt it. So it's like, that was a whole lot of... Also, you got dysentery now. A very, yeah, eco-friendly <laughs> Oregon Trail. But hey, we made it because we are here. Yeah. Yeah, BF the winners settled in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> uh, anyways, so uh, salt, uh, salt in the ancient world uh, could season food. You could add to sacrifices. Um, it's a, connected to purity, a sign of loyalty. Using fertilizer and uh, for Chris, Chris's doula services, it's to clean newborn infants. Bingo. Um, so he's rubbed he down with a good enough salt. salt. Yeah, yeah. Salt Dry him out. um anyways okay so this is an identity statement for the disciples the question isn't whether or not we are salt it's whether or not we are salty right not whether or not we are light it's whether or not we're under a barrel Mm -hmm. (laughs) or on a hill on a lampstand so this is there's a tension here um it's the tension between being different but still being connected Mm -hmm. so salt isn't very good in and of itself I mean, you could have a salt lake if you're a deer, but like yeah. we don't just like eat salt. We put it on something. So it needs to be distinct, salty, but it needs to be rubbed, rubbed onto that steak. Mm-hmm. The light needs to be different, but also needs to be shown out into the darkness. So I, I came up with the terms like pure and porous, mm-hmm. or I actually thought afterwards permeable could be another. Mm-hmm. We're pure, but we're permeable. Yep. We're salty and we're shining. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> um, and so if we're going to be faithful, we need to understand. Kanye album. Title. Yeah. <laughs> Salty and shining. How <laughs> <laughs> Kim Kardashian knows that. Uh, faithful disciples um, understand that tension and know like, okay, this is the moment I preserve my purity mm-hmm. or my saltiness and I stay true. This is a moment where I stretch and lean into the porousness and the um, connection to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to talk about those two things. The first is just the, the difference being salty. So, um, I, I do think in a lot of ways, UFC is aware of how we are salty and different. We talk a lot about being different than the culture stepping away. Um, I talked about a couple different areas where I feel like we are, um, being faithful and when it would be easy to not be. But I also think there's elements where we can lose our saltiness and not realize it, where different values can creep into our faith, kind of become married in there, like the idols kind of sneaking in. Mm-hmm. And if we're all kind of doing it, and we're all kind of immersed in that, um, it can be really hard to discern that. Um, so I, I feel like some of the blind spots that we can have in our context has a lot to do with money. Um, how we think about and handle and love money. Um, consumerism, which we're approaching Christmas, and I just uh, just did Halloween, and the amount of money that goes into costumes and candy and Christmas, the amount of money that goes into gifts and decorations. And, Wait until um, we celebrate Black Friday. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like just buying things that we think we need mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Um, individualism, which I talk about all the time, so I'm not going to belabor that. Um, our use of technology 
And I think even prioritizing passive over active righteousness in the sense of, well, I'm pure because I'm not doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. as opposed to like I'm righteous because I am proactively doing the righteous thing, which doesn't always mean sitting there passively. It means doing something, changing something, being proactive. Um, And then, so that's like kind of exhortations on being salty, but then um, kind of being shiny is that like if we're not, even if we are salty, if we're not actually in the world, if we're not connected to reality, if we're not rubbed in into the world or culture or neighborhoods or people or relationships or systems, then like we're not actually like we're not, the saltiness has nowhere to go or like we're not like a light shining. We're just under, under the bowl. Um, so I, when I was uh, in grad school, I lived with this family in Wayne, Illinois North of Wheaton suburbs. Never even Chicago. Heard of it. <laughs> yeah. Chicago is like this never ending suburb of neighborhoods that you're like, at what point are you now still Chicago or are you just like kind of the cornfields <laughs> out there in Illinois? <laughs> Which my grandma still says Illinois. But anyways, there's an S there for a reason, America. <laughs> anyways, so they had this pool. It was an old farmhouse, they had this pool that was um it was filtered with this thing called diatomaceous earth, mm-hmm. which is a really fine minerals and organisms. Um, I think some of it's like really crushed up seashells hmm. or uh, yeah, and eggshells and stuff like that. So anyways, very, very fine particles that then when you turn the pump on, the water is sucked out of the pool. It runs through this little kind of canister that has this diatomaceous earth in it, comes out the other side and all the contaminants have been caught up into the pure yeah. diatomaceous earth but it's still porous enough that the water can shoot through mm-hmm. and so um, it's actually a really great way to clean a pool except it is kind of annoying to maintain because you have mm-hmm. to go out there and sometimes it becomes so contaminated with the pool that you have to just turn it off empty it all out and put in new diatomaceous earth so you need to rekindle its purity mm-hmm. um, but then also what can happen is that um, it's plenty pure but as the water comes through it just kind of compacts all of the um, dirt up on top and so the water actually can't go through and so this canister starts to pressurize there's a little pressure gauge on top and you have to go out and make sure it's not in the red red line otherwise you're literally going to like explode this thing like a water heater so that would be bad at a number of levels don't do that especially if you happen to be standing there (laughs) and so there's this little like lever you got to go out turn it off and then like take a couple good pumps and basically it just kind of it like pushes it all around and then it resettles. And so now it is more porous. And I think what can happen a lot of times in our church communities is we're so focused on purity. We become so inward focused that we lose our, our permeability and we're unable to serve our purpose as being the salts of the earth because we're so compact that people like people can't even enter into our community to experience our saltiness. Yeah. And we need that kind of like jolt to reset ourselves and make us porous enough. And so the idea is like, well, we're, we're kind of like that filter system and every church is kind of like a filter system. And if we're too dirty, we can't actually filter the water. But if we're too compact, we can't actually filter the water. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the point of the salt. Right. The salt and the light. So my question was, and this was a legitimate question. It wasn't like a leading one. It's do, do you think that UFC is like more likely to um, lose our purity or lose our porousness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That was, I'm curious what the, what the small groups um, said about that. And then um, 
the last thing I'll say before I let you talk, and then I have three concluding points, is uh, one of my favorite missiologists is a guy named Leslie Newbegin. He's from England. He traveled out of England for a couple decades and was a missionary, came back into what had become a post-Christian Europe and began to realize that a lot of the traditional um, church strategies for reaching Europe were no longer working and that a lot of the strategies he learned to reach an un in unchurched areas actually applied now to Europe. And so we wrote a lot on like missiology and um, the work of the church. And I haven't read as much of him as I really want to, but the stuff I have read, I really, really enjoy. And this quote has been something that stuck with me. Um, he says this, a church that isolates its worship from the task of caring for its neighbors or that focuses only on its inner life without an equal concern for its community ends up distorting its witness to the gospel. The result is an inward-focused, self-serving maintenance. Maintenance. On the other hand, when mission is separated from the worship life of the church, it becomes another human program that loses its power and character as a witness to the kingdom. And so this is a tension that we live in. And what are your thoughts, Chris? Well, I was going to ask you what what challenges might one person experience in their saltiness or in their porousness? And what might a response be to those challenges? I struggle to stand and maintain my position or maintain my purity, or I struggle to interact with society in a way that is meaningful. So like what are examples or what would I do if I came to that realization? Yeah, yeah, both. (laughs) Both all of them. What might the listener be going, ah, this is a way that I, I feel like I struggle with my purity and I struggle with my salience. Well, I don't know what the listeners are struggling with. I mean, I could name topics like let's say money or whatever. Um, I think one of the ways to identify that is to engage with other Christians who are just as devoted to Jesus and the Bible as you are, but have different backgrounds mm-hmm. and come from different time periods, which is why we read widely different cultures, different geographical locations, um, different histories because they are going to have a perspective that you don't. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, I've, we enjoy Jeff Hogue around here and yeah. he spent 89,000 years in Cambodia. At least. And one of my favorite questions to ask him is like, man, if a Cambodian Christian came and just sat in our church context for a couple of months, like what would be some of their biggest, we don't understand that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that's correct. That like the Cambodian culture of Christianity means it's better than ours in every single way. Yeah. But what, anytime you see those differences, I think the right thing to do is to ask like, well, hold on. Like, am I, am I being faithful to the Bible and to Jesus? Or is there a way that I'm reading this through the lens that I've been given? And I don't even see how mm-hmm. um, I'm missing, missing the point. And I, and I do think money is one like wealth is one of those really big things that we would struggle with here. And then yeah, individualism as well. So it'd be the, would consumerism be the fruit that people should look out for? Or are there other fruit that might indicate that their heart is man attached to money in an unhealthier or unserving way of the Lord? These are good questions. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're not regularly immersed in scripture and in Christian community and teaching and preaching and learning, I think, you're very easy to just kind of get sucked into 
whatever the other shiny thing is that mm-hmm. the culture has for you. Um, if you feel like there's really no way in your life that you look different than your neighbors who don't love Jesus, <laughs> um, that would be a question. Yeah. I, I think in my mind, um, porousness to switch that is, um, I talked about just like, you know, maybe what percentage of your life are you hanging out with only Christians? Mm-hmm. Like, is that your primary social group? Um, what would motivate somebody to struggle with porousness? What would, what would motivate me to struggle with it? Like positively struggle with it or no, what would ne- cause it negatively. to be? Negatively. Yeah. What, um, why would somebody, struggle we, with porousness? I think we just get into a groove the church can be a source of lots of programming and community and it can easy just to be easy just to slide into um, just having little bubbles of Christians. Mm-hmm. I think fear of loss of purity is one thing of like, man, if I hang out with this type of person, if I find myself in these social settings, I might lose my purity. Mm-hmm. That I think is something that we don't need to be afraid of, especially as, Reformed people, Chris, <laughs> who <laughs> believe. Except for the, the you know, full... guard yourself when you snatch your brother out of flame, lest you be. Sure. Okay. Jonathan yeah. Edwards. <laughs> um, but yeah, but sin boldly. Like, let your sins be strong, says Martin Luther. So you're forgiven. <laughs> so go. Grace the Go engage. <laughs> but um, what about reputation, right? That could easily yeah, be Yeah, reputation. A and I, I think one of the main questions would be like, if if your neighbors or a non-Christian from your city or your local area, your coworker, Mm -hmm. if they were to come and hang out with your Christian community and participate in your church gathering, participate in your small group, hang out with your, hang out with um, your friend group that, that are Christians. The question that I think is key is would there be barriers to that person coming to know Christ that aren't, necessarily from the Bible or Mm -hmm. from faithfulness to Jesus, but are your own kind of walls that you've put up of you're afraid of something you, um, the way you even talk about theology, like the language you use, um, are there, have we made some things that are really just little deals? Have we made them big deals? Mm -hmm. And then what shouldn't be a wall to someone coming to know, Jesus has now become a wall and they are actually turned away from Christianity, not because they're not offended by Christ or the gospel or the Bible. They're offended by this particular expression of that, Mm -hmm. that has added things to the in club that aren't necessary. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I think that's good. And I think just a barometer is like, well, do you have, non-christian friends do you find yourself in places Mm -hmm. do people come into your church from the street and find hospitality (laughs) um or are they just weirded out (laughs) you know and so i i yeah i think being students of our culture and our city and asking if we're putting barriers in the way that don't need to be there yeah and i think for the person who's perhaps heavily immersed in a christian environment I think everyone in this building probably qualifies because we're, we're literally paid by the church. Yeah. We're paid to be here. We're here on Sundays. Um, a lot of our evening activities involve the church. 
I think a good reminder for those of us who maybe just feel alien out in the world, which I think isn't a bad thing to be clear is to remember there are humans that are made in the image of God who desire the same things you do. They just don't know where to find them. So show them love, show them care, be patient, ask them questions about their lives, get to know them, be kind and generous. Those are all simple ways to interact. That is going to be a universal language that is going to create or remove barriers for right. a meaningful gospel impact, whatever right. that looks like. Yeah. And I would, I mean, this is just me. I'm probably not normal. I don't know. <laughs> but I, so I grew up in a Christian culture that was very, very concerned with purity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw the they down make furniture. Yeah. <laughs> in case you're wondering, <laughs> those Amish make very good furniture. <clears throat> um, barns. Here's my incredible. question: Where, When you have a store that sells Amish furniture, but there aren't Amish people living nearby, mm-hmm. what's going on? Wait a minute, because they're not shipping it. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, consumerism. <clears throat> but uh, so in my life, I grew up in a very in a. Christian culture that I think was overly concerned with purity to the detriment of permeability. Sure. And so then I encountered Christian Christians who weren't doing that. And I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And now what can be really easy for me is to pendulum swing the other way. Sure. And be like, well, I don't want to do that problem. So I, I'd rather have this problem, yeah. <laughs> which is where I stand in the sense that if I, you know, if I just come face to face with Jesus and I, like, would I rather say, God, I'm sorry that I was like so concerned with my purity that I didn't take advantage of spaces where I could have gone and proclaimed the gospel or lived out righteousness in the world. I'm sorry I made that error. Or would I rather say, hey, I'm sorry that I was like trying really, really hard to ha- to give the gospel a context to reach my neighbor and reach my city. And I was trying to connect and I stepped, I stepped over the line a little bit. Like I, I took that a little too far. I, I was a little fudgy on that area. And I just like, I, because I believe that I'm forgiven and loved in Christ and I'm, I am tapping into what I think is a Christ centered mission in my mind, I would rather err um, by being too poor. Sure. And um, that can be a downside when you see these churches that are hyper contextualized have maybe sold out to some cultural ideologies that are just way out in left field yeah, or right field Easy. and <laughs> um, or center field. Those don't exist. Or the dugout. I don't care. Whatever. You're way out of field. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's just me. And I'm, I try to pay attention to that in how I think, teach, preach, do theology, because I know that my, I don't want to just, I don't want my, a missiology to be an overreaction to what I saw as a poor missiology growing up. I wanted to be faithful to Jesus and in the Bible. So I try to do that. I try to do that. Yeah. And just to double down, I appreciate that you talk double about the, talk about the pendulum swinging because it's easy to, in most areas of our lives, um, be really um, binary in our thinking and say, these are mutually exclusive. You can either be porous or you can be salty. You can't be both. Right. That's the whole point is that we're trying to be both, be faithful to both of them, not compromise one for the other. So yeah. uh, that was great. You said you had three. No, we were, we, I mean, you kind of, we got into them. <sighs> I nailed it. We got into them. You See, primed. I listened. You ready? I listened at the retreat. Uh, we're, I think we're going to do another men's retreat next year. 
Hopefully the same place. I saw the calendar. Um, And we'll be doing our practice of formation. So talking about calling, vocation, theology of work. Cool. Christians in the marketplace, in the public square. Yeah. um, Family life and home life and being a dad and being a father. So Like that. I have a year to (laughs) come up with three witty lessons. Great. (laughs) I'm sure it'll be good. That's all I'll do between now and then. Just that's those three it, lessons. It, dude. <laughs> but when you deliver them, they're going to be amazing. Eugene yeah. will be different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, Jarell, that's all folks. I appreciate Enjoy your Dr. Pepper. I appreciate diet. Dr. Pepper. I appreciate you. Uh, take, Thanks. Well, taking the time for this podcast, just in general. Also, You're welcome. your commitment to the men's retreat. I thought that was very profitable. Um, two days for UFC men. And I appreciate you, listener, for listening. You didn't bring a lot to the table, but I still love you. And you're in his pocket. <laughs> and you're in my pocket. Like Stuart Little. Oh, my goodness. All right, listener, we will get <laughs> What should this episode be called? <laughs> Stuart Little and Gospel Contextualization. <laughs> yes. Does, is, is Stuart Little chosen? <laughs> <laughs> he is both human and mouse in the same way Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, the okay, hypothetical. That's too far. Yep. Anyways, we'll get you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.